Hi, this is Tony Khan, the owner of All Elite Wrestling, AEW, Fulham Football Club, and the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. And you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. My name is Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with talented and interesting individuals linked to the global Indian and South Asian community. It's informal and informative, adding insights to our evolving cultural expressions, where each person can proudly say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hi, everyone. Another Super Bowl in the books. And on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, a conversation with sports executive and owner, Tony Khan. Stay tuned. The Super Bowl. It's an unparalleled annual event, affirmatively American, centered around sports achievement and entertainment, and attracting the eyes and ears of the world for several hours of football, commercials, music, and unsurprisingly, leaving many, many yearning for more. And speaking of yearning for more, thank you so much for listening to this and for sharing it with your friends and family, for rating, downloading, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and for following Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing on social media at Dr. Abhaydarnikar. Now, I've been a fan of the NFL my whole life, and while the core of the Super Bowl is professional football's pinnacle of team achievement, its connections and spokes are everywhere. So it was nice to get some perspective from someone with a front row seat to it all in Tony Khan. Tony's a Pakistani-American who, along with his father, Shahid Khan, owns the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars, as well as the very popular All Elite Wrestling and Fulham FC from Soccer's Premier League. Tony was born and raised in Champaign, Illinois, and particularly grew to recognize and find his passion for sports, data science and analytics, and pro wrestling, all merging into his professional portfolio. He serves as the CEO, GM, and head of creative at AEW, as a chief football strategy officer for the Jaguars, and vice chairman and director of football operations at Fulham FC. Moreover, Tony's experiences with data science and sports business continue to develop with his company, True Media, an engineering firm with a focus on sports analytics, truly at an ever-expanding intersection with ever-growing possibilities. We caught up last week after the Super Bowl for a conversation about it all, and with so many storylines from an exciting NFL playoffs that the Jaguars were a part of, I was curious about his reflections from the game and from the season. Well, it was a great year for the NFL. Uh, The game did a great number. It was the third most watched television show of all time. And almost all of the top watch TV shows of all time are Super Bowls. So I think the game definitely resonated with the American football fans. We saw an amazing game. It was very close and competitive. I think two of the best quarterbacks and two of the best teams in the NFL. It was a great Super Bowl. And for the Jaguars, we were uh, in the playoffs this year. And it was for us a storybook season in a lot of ways. So uh, we got a close look at both teams we played the Chiefs and the Eagles both in the regular season two great teams and for the Jaguars uh it was really a great game to watch but also something for us to aspire to we have a great coach who has experience in the Super Bowls the Super Bowl winner and I think we have a really good young core of players so it was uh fun to watch firsthand yeah and lots to lots to look forward to more than anything else I, I hope so. I really believe that uh, we will have a lot to look forward to. You know, even this year, when we got off to a tough start, we were two and six to start the season. And at that point, 
our coach had said, we really think it's going to come down to the last game of the season. And when yeah. you're two and six, and then we're three and seven, it certainly didn't look that way to a lot of the media people, but to everyone in the locker room, I think we all believed. And certainly it came down to the last game of the season. So it was a great year for us. And advancing to the divisional playoff was uh, really a great step in the right direction for the Jags. And certainly um, the game is something for us to aspire to. Yeah, But it was also a great game for the NFL and for the fans. Does, does momentum in some ways matter? Is it something that carries over in so many different aspects of things, but particularly for a team, right? When you go from sort of a, a season to another season, you have to now wait and go through the draft and training camps and, and all the other stuff. I mean, does that momentum actually make a, a big difference for you? Well, I mean, certainly for the Jags, we got on a very hot run. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to quantify what momentum is yeah. to a sports analyst. Yeah. Um, it's a tangible thing in many right. ways. The performance of the team and, you know, trying to quantify what momentum is, it's hard uh, to a yeah. data scientist sometimes. <laughs> but I do think for us, we got very hot and had the momentum and yeah. took it into the playoffs and certainly were a hot team. I think a lot of it came from the way the team came together early in the season. The Jags had lost a lot of close games. Yeah. And so for us, you know, that was a storybook type of comeback to end the season because we had all these big comebacks, particularly at home in Jacksonville, where the second half of the season, we came from behind against the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Titans numerous times. And then uh, again in the playoffs against the Chargers. So it it was a great year and a lot of storybook endings to the games and a lot of great wins that helped us make it a great season and certainly felt like everybody was pulling in the right direction. And, you know, as we record this, we're coming off the Super Bowl. And uh, again, it's a great thing for all football teams and all football players to aspire to. And uh, certainly in Jacksonville, we definitely took steps in the right direction this year. I'm curious for you, Tony, was sports, particularly in thinking about how this weaves into your own journey and, and your own narrative, was sports something that was always a pretty uh, woven and baked in thing in your life growing up? Um, was it an enthusiasm that was sort of part of every day for you? Or was it something that was kind of separated or carved out in a way? Well, I've been a sports fan since I was very young. I grew up in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, I grew up near the uh, University of Illinois. And my parents both went to the University of Illinois. And I've attended school at the University of Illinois Laboratory High School, and I went to junior yeah. high there, preschool and kindergarten and college. So you're a fighting Illini, you know, through and through, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was about yeah. to say a lot of Illini sports are a huge part of my childhood. And going to the Illinois basketball games and football games is a big thing to do when you're in Champaign. So yeah. I followed sports for a long time. And also, when I was really young, started watching wrestling on TV. And yeah. I think we have great now opportunities working in professional football and in professional wrestling. But when I was a kid, I was a fan of both of those things. I went from watching college football to NFL football every weekend. And certainly in the winter in Champaign, that was the best part of the weekend was yeah. college football on Saturday and NFL <laughs> on Sundays. Right. And I mean, was this something that, that for you and your family it's just sort of like be, was really routine? Did you even kind of carve out spaces in your life uh you know as sports like hey we're setting aside this is saturday football sunday football friday football 
Yeah, absolutely. Not wrestling. Uh, I was the only one in my family that watched pro wrestling. And uh, now the rest of my family has picked up on it with the success of AEW. Yeah. Wednesdays on TBS and Fridays on TNT. You can find my family watching wrestling, but they never would have watched it before we launched AEW. Yeah. And, you know, with sports, yeah, we uh, would go to the Illini football and basketball games as a family sometimes. And also my dad and I watch a lot of football on Sundays watching NFL for years. And yeah. I think you know, my dad always wanted to buy an NFL football team. This has really been a dream for him. So right. when the opportunity to buy the Jaguars came up, he was all over it. So, I mean, I imagine that, you know, for you, when you think about now kind of reflect on being uh, a Pakistani American kind of growing up in the Midwest, are, are there elements that of that part of your journey that are critical to your outlook now? Do they, do you sort of think that, an element of your kind of identity kind of breaks through now and and is showcased in in your work today. Yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, I think especially in wrestling, where it's more of a personal touch. The work I do as a statistician for the Jaguars, or as the sporting director and director of football at Fulham, managing the transfers and loans and yeah, the, the first team squad. I think that work is a little bit more objective and the things I do in wrestling as far as writing and ideas a lot of these things I developed and certainly there's a lot more of my personality in that than there is on the work in football which is I think more objective work and there yeah. are definitely opinions and thoughts involved but I don't think there is much about personal or personality uh, or writing sure. you know, stories. And, and, you know, for you, has your experience as a Pakistani American, do you think that gives you a sort of different or a deeper empathy as an executive, as a data analyst, even, even in curating the brand of these things? I think that based on my observations in America and really all over the world, I've seen that there are a lot of Pakistani and Indian people who love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling yeah. is on all over the world and it is popular all over the planet in various countries. This is something not unique to people of our skin color, but I do think yeah. I've seen a lot of people of our skin color who love pro wrestling. So it is not an, an exception. And I think I know a lot of people look like me watch pro wrestling yeah. when I was a kid and, and I see it now in the fans. So I do think it, probably didn't stop me from watching it but i think just in america or in places all over the world you see people who watch pro wrestling so i don't think it's exclusive by any means but i i think it probably there are people of similar heritage to me who also like wrestling and there are yeah. people all over america who like wrestling so whether you're pakistani or american or pakistani american it seems like it's something you could get into it's all over the world it's on all over the world and and we're on in like I said, over 150 countries now with AEW and we've only been around for four years. And long before that, wrestling had penetrated almost every corner of the earth. And I wonder, I mean, the idea of being a global brand, especially with the kind of background of like straddling different worlds and coming from different cultures, that probably makes it, you know, that much easier. I wonder if it is an accelerator to all these things being so-called less actual American and just more, hey, you can celebrate it as a fan no matter who you are. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very true. Uh, yeah. I think that's why it's so popular everywhere is it's something that could take place in an arena in any country. Yeah. What's been maybe the hardest part about, or even a challenge, doesn't have to be a difficulty or, or a, a real issue, but have there been blind spots or even challenges about being a South Asian American or a Pakistani American sports executive? Because there's not a whole lot of colleagues who perhaps look like you or are, you know, at this, at the same, in that same sort of arena. Does that, does that matter to you? Does that matter to your dad? I think it, no, it does matter. It certainly sets a really good example to other people. I see people come up to my dad all the time and say, um, you know, you're a hero to me. Uh, you're the first Pakistani person to own a NFL team. And, you know, that people have come up to say they really admire and idolize him. You know, I would have to say to me, he's uh, an inspiration idol to me, but I know that, you know, he's been that to a lot of other people too. And I, I, hear that from people sometimes wrestling fans that say that to me so I do think it means a lot to other people for me it, it probably hasn't changed what I would do or my journey yeah. I don't think very much from what I would have done but I but I think it's good to, you know if it inspires other people or means something to them you're listening to trust me I know what I'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with Tony Khan stay tuned conversation it's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians, so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, everyone. My name is Tam France, and you are listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Smriti. Hey, I'm Karthik. And we are The Brown Man Live, and you're listening to us on Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Dandikar. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin now our conversation with Tony Khan. For, from your perspective in, in, in the world of wrestling and, and with, in this kind of post-pandemic era, with so many different entertainment choices, how does AEW continue to stay relevant and be poised for success? And, you know, especially for consumers, I know there's, there's so many choices out there. And, you know, for you, this is probably something that, that you have to kind of narrate a good story so that people will uh, be compelled to, to watch. Well, thankfully, we built a really good roster of wrestlers. So we have a lot of wrestlers that fans are very interested in. Yeah, And I'm really very happy to have such a great media partner like TBS and at TNT to have Warner Brothers Discovery disseminating the shows, to have TBS every Wednesday and TNT every Friday. It makes it really easy for fans to watch the show. So that really helps us because they do a great job marketing and distributing the show every week. And the loyal fans, wrestling fans are awesome. So we have a great base of fans that want to see their favorite wrestlers and fans that love AEW yeah, and, and want to see it every week. So I think that's really special. What, what have you learned for yourself? Like what have been some of the takeaways that you've learned, particularly from wrestling fans? Oh, uh, well, I think I could talk for 
hours. many hours or days yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. There's countless takeaways. We've done 175 episodes of Wednesday Night Dynamite and over 80 episodes of Friday Night Rampage and 16 great pay-per-views. Yeah. Some of the best pay-per-views that have ever been done in the wrestling business. And uh, I'm really proud. We certainly had some of the great matches and uh, top to bottom some great stories and i think the loyal fans that come in week after week know they can count on AEW on wednesdays when you tune into tbs or fridays when you tune into tnt you're going to see some great matches and we'll follow up on great stories and build new stories and almost almost building a lot of trust um with fans so that they yeah, can I think actually we, we do we yeah. have and we built up a lot of trust with our fans and we have great fans so i think that's a lot of it and uh you know it's a relationships business yeah. relationships between the, the people backstage and relationships between the company and the fans and the wrestlers and the fans you're someone who you referred to this a little bit earlier talking a little bit about data and data analysis and you're someone who's passionate about about data especially to thrive in this business of sports mm -hmm. and i'm curious how you think the power of instinct and experience blend in with that power of, of data analysis I think that it's a huge part of it. Uh, I think that some of that is in the performance, which is captured by the data. So whether it's in American football in the NFL or in English football in the Premier League, I believe that you have a really good base of data, good ways to capture information from the games. And you can learn a lot from the games and how people play in them and what they do and how the teams fare. And uh, there's much information to be gathered and there's great providers, including a company that I own and operate with a great team that's called True Media. Yeah. Uh, we provide engineering and analytics services for 25 out of the 30 Major League Baseball clubs and yeah. ESPN and a number of great media partners and The Athletic a lot of great places getting data and analytics for their sports media yeah. from True Media. And so as far as data capture, True Media works with a lot of the great companies, whether it's the next gen stats in the NFL or Opta in the Premier League and capturing information and then uh, trying to bring it into a usable, a functional thing that we can utilize to make decisions and hopefully give information and yeah. i think a lot of that about personality and you know the makeup of a player is captured in their performance and their usage but not all of it yeah. and that's why it's important to have context and have human scouting and that instinct and experience and and sort of like blend that in with it yeah it's huge and that's what we do a mix of do you find that there's sometimes a, you know, a lot of creative tension between the two? Like, you know, some people struggle with trying to blend them together and the purists on one side or the other are constantly sort of arguing with each other. Yeah, I think that's to some extent how it's come to be over the years that there's greater acceptance for data and yeah. its place in sports. I think over the years, some of the trailblazers in the sports analytics field bore the burden of bringing that information forward, but now it's certainly become much more accepted. And I've been working in the NFL now 
for many years, over 11 years, this is the start of my yeah. 12th season in the NFL. And so I've seen much greater acceptance of data, but also much better data capture. Yeah. The evolution of the next gen stats in the NFL provides a whole new data set from in-game information in addition to the data that's being captured and all the information we track on every single play from every game in the NFL and now college mm. football also. So yeah. it's a lot to, but I think that it, there's really good data in there, really good information. And then certainly a uh, person's character and the, you know, personal information adds a lot too. Let me ask you this. I mean, a lot of sports experiences, I know that my sports experiences, sounds like your sports experiences growing up in, in Urbana are based on endearment endearment of athletes to fans and kind of a nostalgia for the achievement that we see when we watch a, a game or, or we experience a moment is building that endearment and nostalgia equally important to the sports executive and and for that matter are data purists sometimes prone to ignoring that i do think that building that connection is really important i also believe that players whether you capture their data or look at their data, I believe that it's, they're still real people. Yeah. And the players with good stats and good data tend to be just as good a people and as the people with bad stats. <laughs> and honestly, probably a better group because they're right. playing in the game. So they must be functional enough where the coach can, you know, trust them to be a dependable person in the games. Yeah. And uh, they're showing up for the, all the games because they're playing in them and uh, they're putting it. They must be putting in work. Not every. So, uh, look, there's bad apples in both groups, but there's yeah. probably more bad apples in the ones that don't put up good numbers. Right. Right. Well, and that that bringing that endearment and that nostalgia um, is, I'm imagining, great for everyone. Right. For the, the business executive, for the consumer, for the player, you know, success breeds more success, hopefully, as well. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I mean, in sports, really, you're mostly just trying to win. And like in wrestling, I think a lot more about that, about nostalgia and the appealing to the fan and the stories. And there's a sports element to it. But like in sports, like you definitely want to win the right way and treat the fans and the people the right way. Sure. But, you know, you're within the confines of being a decent human being. You're still trying to just win. Whereas in wrestling, you're really trying to build a story. The stories more write themselves in sports, to be honest. I wanted to ask you, um, the Jags, AW, Fulham, True Media, is there a common thread to the pieces of your portfolio that particularly speak to you as a person? Uh, they're all things I find really interesting. Uh, working in football and particularly in the NFL and the Premier League and yeah. capturing stats and information and, of course, Professional wrestling, my love for professional wrestling and wanting to do something for the wrestling fans, putting a great show on every Wednesday on TBS, every Friday on TNT now, and we've done that reliably for years. Have you found any surprises along the way of like, yeah, hey, here's something that I, I kind of thought I was passionate about, but now I'm, I'm really, I know I'm passionate about because of all these things. Yeah, there have been some great surprises along the way. I think I learned a lot in the pandemic, certainly. We have been doing shows on the road for many years. And if we had a crystal ball going into the lockdown, I would have planned ahead differently. But I think what we had to do in a pinch 
uh, with very little notice when we shut down, we continued operating shows, which I'm very glad we did. Yeah. And we never stopped producing television, but we did stop touring. And we have people all the time, you know, all over come up and say, thank you for continuing to wrestle during the pandemic through throughout the lockdown. Your show kept me going and we never took a week off. Yeah. And we kept doing it. It was voluntary. I didn't force anybody to come in. There were a lot of uncertainty. People, we don't know what we knew. Uh, no, we don't, we didn't know now what we knew then. And we didn't know and had now then what we know now. And I'm, like, uh, I think it's like, to be honest, the way we handled the lockdown and the quality of the shows really helped us yeah. and made us a stronger company. And we came out of it better for having worked through it. Yep. But it was a challenging time for everybody. And I do think we learned a lot. And I, I definitely felt like I came out of it a bit more seasoned as a promoter. Let me ask you one last question. And, you know, for, for lots of folks who are getting introduced to your work and the work that the people that you're around, the products that you're you're promoting, when you're meeting fans or colleagues or investors or, or even people like me and, and they're learning about you and your work for the first time, perhaps, how do you hope they'll feel after those conversations? And what do you hope they'll say about you? I hope they really enjoy uh, the interaction. I would want it to be a positive interaction when I talk to people generally, unless <laughs> we've aggrieved each other in some way. And, <laughs> right. and that's certainly not the case here. So I hope it's been a fun one for you. I've enjoyed yes. it. And, and uh, have you watched much pro wrestling? I have. And, you know, I try, I've tried to tune in. And I, I think that for me, more than anything else, I'm, I'm appreciative of all the, the value and the production that goes into the show, the entertainment, the theater part of it. But then also to remember that these are all great athletes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I really uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And I would love to try to get you to tune in. Maybe tomorrow night as we tape this on a Tuesday, maybe I can get you to watch. And I think you'd probably dig it. I'm sure I will. Um, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. What a treat to, to connect with you. And I hope we can do it again sometime. Oh, I would love that. This was really, really fun for me. And thanks for giving me a chance to talk about what we do at AEW and the Jags and Fulham. And thanks for all your great questions. I really uh, enjoyed meeting you and visiting with you. Thanks so much, Tony. I will indeed check out more AEW, Premier League Soccer, and NFL games next year. I also won't pay attention to white balloons in the sky, but my deepest thoughts for peace and harmony are with the gem of a man that is President Jimmy Carter. Till next time, I'm Abhay Darnikar.